Hi there. You're listening to Lindisfarne Anglican Church's Sermon Podcast, a place where you can hear God's Word preached if you weren't able to join us at one of our services during the week. My prayer for you today is that as you listen to this message, you'd be challenged, encouraged, and equipped to live as a disciple of Christ in the world. May God richly bless you as you listen to this message today. What do you know about the Bible? Maybe uh, you know some facts, some fun facts. Uh, I wonder if uh, anyone here can answer the question, what is the middle verse in the Bible? Uh, a fun fact that doesn't really matter, but it's, it's, it's Psalm 118 verse 8. Uh, uh, if you add up all the verses in the Bible and divide them by half, you end up at Psalm 118 verse 8, uh, uh, which says something about basically how good it is to trust in God. So people take that as some sort of sign. Uh, also, uh, what about if I asked you how many books there are in the Bible? 66, well done. Old Testament, how many of those are in the Old Testament? Oh, that's a tough one. 39 is the answer. Uh, which leaves how many for the New Testament? This is just a maths question, really. Hey, there we go. Well done. Maths teacher in the front row here. Uh, and uh, what about if I said, can anyone here recite the names of the Bible uh, from uh, Genesis through to Revelation and everything in between? Oh, I can see a nod. I'm not going to get you to do it. Maybe over morning tea you can regale us uh, uh, with uh, your ability. I was in Cambodia once uh, and the kids in Sunday school had to say all the names of the Bible and then they would get a Bible. Uh, that was kind of how they uh, determined if people were serious enough uh, to, to get a limited resource for them over there. And then they thought, oh, we could get the visiting uh, guy from Australia to show the kids how it's done. And I was like, oh, abort. Uh, I, I'm not quite sure. I, I get lost. <coughs> Those prophets in the back end would uh, uh, get me very, very lost. Uh, so... Uh, what if I asked you to list some of the genres in the Bible? How would you, how would you go then? History, law, wisdom, prophecy, letters, gospels. Uh, moving on from those sort of facts, uh, other people, uh, you, might, you might know uh, uh, lots of just stories from the Bible. So you might know the story of... Daniel and lions, then Jonah in the, in the belly of a whale, David and Goliath. Uh, you might know some stories about Jesus, the Good Samaritan, these sorts of things. Uh, so you, you, you may know a whole bunch of stories, but you may not have much of an idea about how they all connect. Or perhaps you know a lot of verses. Uh, you, you know, you've got one of those calendars that you flip over every day or month and uh, it gives you a nice picture of kittens or flowers seems to be one of the two things, with a Bible verse superimposed over it. Uh, and, it, you, you know, you use that to uh, uh, feel encouraged. But again, you have... Uh, a lot of people have little idea of why that particular verse with kittens means anything and how it connects to the verses that go both before it and after it. How does God's Word actually fit together? Because the thing about the Bible is it isn't like 
uh, a, a book of random quotes. So I, when I uh, go on those army exercises, one of the things that the, uh, the boss likes to get me to do is provide inspiration, which I do from my little book of military quotes. Uh, and as I reflect on how the day has gone, I flick through this book of quotes until I find one that looks like vaguely like it has something to do with what we've done today, and I read it out. The Bible is not like that. It's not like a, a book of a thousand quotes that I can just flick through and randomly read, nor is it uh, a collection of nice children's stories. The Bible is the Word of God. It is the story of God and His people, and it's a story that actually does fit together, not without great complexity as well. It's not... Uh, uh, pretend uh, that it's all simple but it is uh, something it is a story that we can hold together uh, as part of a big picture that can help us as we navigate those stories and those quotes and those facts if we have some sort of big picture that we can hang it on uh, it helps the whole thing to fit together and to make much more sense now scholars uh, debate time and again what is that big picture? What is the big idea that holds all the scripture together? And I, I wonder if you have any idea, if you were to think about what is it that holds the story of God together? Is there a, a major theme? We certainly know what would be at the centre of the theme. That's Jesus and his death and resurrection. But why is that at the centre? What is the, the big picture of of the Bible. Well, uh, I'm going to nail my colours to the wall and say I am firmly uh, in uh, debt to uh, one Australian scholar called Graham Goldsworthy uh, and uh, his uh, statement uh, that the Bible really uh, can be can be hung together with the idea of the kingdom of God. That is, that is the big idea of the Bible, the kingdom of God. And how is that described? Well, he describes it with this really handy phrase uh, that uh, I hope you will commit to your memory. Uh, the kingdom of God is God's people in God's place, living under God's rule and blessing. God's people in God's place under God's rule and blessing. And in the opening two chapters, I didn't feel it was appropriate to get Kerry to read a full two chapters to us this morning. What well, full one was uh, enough. But in the opening two chapters of Genesis, we get the, this pattern. Uh, just like uh, an introduction to a movie uh, is so important to to understand, uh, you know, sometimes you can come in late to a movie and it kind of makes sense, but uh, oftentimes if you miss those, the first uh, five minutes while it's setting up some major ideas or key points, or if you miss the first episode of a, of a series, uh, it can be very hard uh, to understand the rest of it. So too with the scriptures, these opening two chapters of Genesis are vitally important for us as we seek to understand how the rest of the Bible fits together. Because in these opening chapters, we see the world as God designed it to be. We see the pattern of the kingdom established, uh, which will trace through uh, the rest of the scriptures. We know, don't we, that uh, 
God creates human beings. We see Adam and Eve in Genesis chapter 2 and they are his people. They are his people. Uh, And they live in the Garden of Eden, we read in chapter 2, which is God's garden. It is his place. And as they uh, are living as his people in his place, they live under his rule and they uh, and enjoy his blessing uh, uh, God says here's all these trees donate from that one over there and Genesis chapter 3 we'll come to next week with Paul but uh, uh, for the first two chapters he, God says here, here are the rules here are the boundaries enjoy uh, and they enjoy this beautiful uh, garden full of blessing and, and water. And we read uh, in uh, verse 25 of chapter 2, they, they feel no shame uh, as they walk around in the garden naked together because uh, everything is uh, so perfect and uh, wonderful. It is a, a beautiful, well-watered, food-filled garden. God's people living in God's place enjoying his rule and blessing. And that is the pattern of the kingdom that we see unfold through the rest of scriptures. But I don't want to leave it there because we also see some other key foundational ideas that are helpful for us to note uh, uh, as we think about God and his creation. The first thing uh, is that we see uh, that God is is a creator God. That God uh, was not created, that he was there in the beginning, verse 1 of chapter 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth uh, and that he uh, is uh, a God who uh, is separate from his creation but who cares about his creation. There are many philosophies and religions uh, and uh, there are some Christians too who, uh, uh, who may get this wrong, uh, who think that actually all God is concerned about is spiritual things or, or the soul. He doesn't care about our body or, or things in the world. But that's actually not a biblical idea. The Bible doesn't actually allow us to rank spiritual over physical because Our God is a creator God who created a good physical world. God made it and he made it good. And so we have a God, the author of creation, who is interested not only in our spiritual well-being, but he's interested in our physical uh, well-being and the physical well-being of our world. And so as members of his kingdom, as people who seek to be God's people, living in God's place under God's rule and blessing, we too ought to have a concern for his world, his created world. We do that as subjects of the king of creation. The, other, uh, the next thing we see uh, in these opening chapters is not only is God the creator, but he stands above his creation as its king. As the psalmist reflects on this in Psalm 95, verses 6 and 7, he says, Come, let us bow down in worship. Let us kneel before the Lord our maker, for he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture, the flock under his care. Uh, One of the uh, uh, things that uh, people often mistake uh, uh, 
in, uh, in religion is they think that uh, God is part of creation, but he's not. He's the one who authored it, and then he's, he's the one who stands above it as its king. Next we see, uh, and this is a, a very Christian distinctive idea, that as human beings... We are the pinnacle of God's creation. This, I would say, is a key point of difference between you and I who sit here today and call ourselves Christians and your average uh, sort of agnostic or atheist uh, secular humanist who walks on the streets of Lindisfarne. Someone who doesn't believe in God in the West who thinks human beings uh, are, are merely... Uh, another one of the animal species. Well, we want to say, yes, as Christians, we are created by God as animals are, but we are not simply more evolved. We are the the pinnacle of creation. And we could get sidetracked by the mechanics of how does that work? Was there evolution involved? That's for a different series on a different day. Uh, And you can go either way on it, and I think you can still be a Christian. Uh, But... Uh, what we see clearly from uh, Genesis is that human beings are the pinnacle of God's creation. He creates us last and he creates us in order to rule the rest of creation. So we read in verse 27, God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them male and female. Uh, Graham Goldsworthy, who has that great line, God's people uh, living under God's, uh, God's people in God's place under God's rule and blessing. He also has this other great line as he speaks of uh, the creation of uh, humanity. He says, uh, man is a creature because he is made by God, but he is a unique creature because he is made like God. We are made in God's image. And what does that actually mean? Well, I think we see in verses 28 to 30 of that uh, first chapter of Genesis that this means that we have this power and dominion over creation that we're meant to use to bring about God's purposes as his people living in his place under his rule, but that he delegates his rule to us to, to, to see that outworked in creation. But of course, Genesis 3 happens and we don't do it well, but we'll come to that short, uh, next week. As God's image bearers, as the ones who have dominion over creation, we seek to bring about God's rule and blessing as we seek to live as his people in his world. And that's what Adam and Eve were supposed to do and what they did manage to do for at least one chapter uh, uh, and it's uh, what we are supposed to do too. Well, uh, as God finishes creation, uh, uh, the creation story, uh, uh, finishes creating in chapter 1, he sees all that he has made, verse 31, and sees that it is very good. Once God has made uh, humanity... Uh, and, and given humanity authority to rule uh, under his authority, he looks out and he says, this 
is very good. Before that he'd said it's good, now he says it's very good. This is as it should be. This is the way I want things to be. But of course, there's a little bit more to the story. And I'll just read to you the next uh, couple of verses uh, in chapter 2. Thus the heavens and the earth were completed in all their vast array. By the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. We see here that once God makes his good world, uh, he then rests. Uh, He's got everything as he wants it and and he, he rests. He blessed the seventh day and made it holy and he rests from the work of creating. And then the story of Adam and Eve that we read in the rest of chapter two, when things are still going reasonably well, I think is the story of humanity and God at rest. Uh, It is the story of uh, the world as it should be. When God has completed the job and he's done it perfectly and there's nothing more to do, uh, as you and I, when we complete a job and, you know, we paint a wall and we sit back and we look and we go, you know what, I'm done. That's, you know, look at that wall, it's good. It's finished. I can rest and enjoy the, the, the fruit of my labour in this lovely newly painted room. It's the same with God and his creation he sits, uh, he sits there and, and he lives in this perfect relationship of complete harmony with his creation. And we see that that's actually God's goal, is for all of us to enter into this rest where we live in this perfect relationship with God. So it's what the writer of the Hebrews was talking about that James read out, that God actually wants all of us to, to live in his rest. And that his rest actually looks like this kingdom, his kingdom uh, uh, being perfectly established. That is, to live in God's rest doesn't mean that you're like chilling out, having a beer with God all day. It, it, it looks like being God's people in God's place under God's rule and blessing. That's what it is to live in God's rest. It is to have the kingdom of God fully realised. And as we unfold the story of the Bible over the coming weeks, we'll see how God's people fail to live under God's rule. They get kicked out of God's place. They lose God's blessing. uh, And how God seeks to restore that uh, and how it is... Uh, completed uh, in Jesus's first and finally in his second coming. And, uh, and, and that's what the story of the Bible is about, us returning to, the, to, to, to an even greater part of that seventh day rest where we enjoy God and live with him in perfect relationship forever and ever. Well, I hope uh, that has wet your appetite a little bit for where we're going. If you do one thing from this week, though, you remember that line, God's people in God's place under God's rule and blessing. Well, let me pray for us. Hey there. 
Thanks so much for listening to this message today. I hope you were encouraged by God as he spoke to you by his Holy Spirit. Please head to our website if you'd like more information about our church, www.lindisfarneanglican.org.au or like us on Facebook by searching Lindisfarne Anglican. We are a church for Lindisfarne, making disciples of Jesus. God bless you.